We've been talking about Christmas, and we've been talking about how, yes, the world celebrates Christmas. And we know how the world celebrates Christmas. You just have to go into Westfield, Chats with Chase, and you see the way that the world celebrates Christmas. Trees, decorations, gifts, parties, you know. That's how the world celebrates Christmas. But as Christians, as, as people that, that know Jesus, uh, because Christmas is the celebration of, of, of the birth of Jesus, should it not be different? Should not Christmas be celebrated and approached in a different manner than the way that the world does? And that's what I want to talk about today, especially around the topic of gifts. Okay? Now, the central theme of Christmas uh, in the world is the giving and receiving of gifts. Statistically, it has been, it has been shown that this year, every person... An average uh, will spend, an average, each Australian will spend $955, right, on just gifts over Christmas. Every person, just average, right? Now, of course, you know, like, and as much as sometimes we think, wow, that's an amazingly big figure, I would actually say that maybe within even our church community, I think actually our average would be even more. You know, unless you're like a poor uni student or, or whatnot, right? Like spending 950 bucks is, if you have that money, it's, it's not that, that much. See, for the world, the, the giving of gifts, and, and this shows how important the giving and receiving of gifts, the exchange of gifts is in the world in the way that we celebrate Christmas. And, and the giving and receiving of gifts is actually not a bad thing. Actually, traditionally... Traditionally, it's, it's, uh, it's one of the common things that, that the world and the church celebrate at Christmas time. And the tradition of giving gifts comes back from the Christmas story. It actually comes back from the story of when Jesus is born in Matthew 2, where we see a group of wise men. We looked at this last week through their study of the stars. They come and seek and find the king of the Jews, who is Jesus. And as they come and make this royal visit to see baby Jesus, they bring gifts. Matthew chapter 2 verse 9 and 10. After they heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen uh, when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of what? Gold, frankincense and myrrh. Now, let me, let me quickly just look at what these gifts were, okay? What do they represent? Gold. Gold is obviously the one in the middle. Uh, gold is what? A precious metal. A very valuable precious metal. But not just is it an expensive precious metal. The, the symbolism behind gold is that it's a symbol of divinity, of godhood, okay? The second gift that the wise men brought was, a, uh, was called frankincense, Frankincense is a white resin or gum. It's like sap that comes off a tree. And, and, and the sap is very fragrant. That's what they say, right? Fragrant, meaning it has great smell. And so when you burn it, when you burn it, it presents an amazing aroma. And so it was used, it was used in the day uh, for worship uh, and, and, and just burned like incense. 
Now, symbolically, what that means is, uh, sy- sorry, symbolically, what frankincense represents is holiness and righteousness. Now, finally, sorry, frankincense is the one on the bottom. The one on the top is myrrh, okay? Now, what's myrrh? Myrrh is a spice used in embalming. And I have to sort of slow down, embalming, because a lot of people don't know what the word embalming is. But embalming is the preparation of a dead body. I know that just got really exciting, right? Embalming is when when, when when, when a person dies to prepare them, you know, to put in a coffin or a tomb or whatever, they would use the spice myrrh to prepare that body. And myrrh actually symbolizes bitterness, suffering, and affliction. Now, if you think about these three gifts, right, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, these were known as uh, standard royal gifts. Standard royal gifts. And as extravagant as they were, these represented royalty, power, and worth. And actually, if you think about what these three mean, divinity and holiness and righteousness and and suffering and affliction, this actually tells us a little bit of the story of the life of Jesus. Now, this is where the tradition of gifts, giving and receiving gifts comes from. But the world celebrates gifts, uh, the world celebrates Christmas by the giving and uh, receiving of gifts. And so do we. Right? Christians, we do that too. I hope that you give gifts. I hope that you also receive gifts. And, and, and really, there's, if you think about it, there's no real difference between the way that the world celebrates Christmas and the way that we celebrate Christmas inside the church. But there should be. There should be a difference in the way that we approach the exchange of gifts. So what's the difference? What's the difference? And the difference is this. As the world celebrates the Christmas time and the Christmas season with the exchange of gifts, we celebrate Christmas with the exchange of the greatest gift. And that gift is Jesus himself. A gift that the world has not seen, a gift that is not available in the world, but it was the gift of Jesus. Baby Jesus isn't the trigger to to go, okay, They gave gifts to Jesus so that we should all give gifts. Let's all celebrate giving gifts. That's what the world does. But as Christians, the idea that God gave Jesus to us as the gift, that is the source of our celebration. And from there, as we exchange gifts to represent the gift that God has given to us, that's where we give and receive gifts. The point is different. Baby, Jesus is the gift that is our celebration, not the gifts that we give and take. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that what? He gave. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The gift was the son and the giver was God. And through this gift of Jesus, we were given the gift of eternal life through the forgiveness of sins and the reconciliation of our relationship with God. This is summarized really well in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourself. It is a what? It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. Friends, we don't celebrate these gifts that we exchange on earth. But Christmas to us is a celebration of the greatest gift that was given to mankind from God. Himself. 
himself in the form of his son. Now, when you're buying a gift for your friend or your wife or, or your, your spouse or your family, what is the criteria that you think about when you're buying a gift, right? And I just wrote a few down, right? Number one, a gift that will give immediate benefit and happiness. No one's going to buy your gift that doesn't bring happiness. Now, can I tell you, and if you ever do this to me, I will not like you for a very long time. For, for parents, do not buy their children an instrument, especially drums. That brings no enjoyment to the family at all. Right? I remember, and I know, I still remember who this girl is, and she no longer comes to our church. I'm just saying, she, brought, she bought one of my boys a set of drums. And as he opened that present, my wife and I looked at each other and thought, does she not like us? Why, why would she do this to us? And for the next like few months, like, this is good? What we had was not good, you know, like, why would you do that? You know, but, but when we're going to give a gift, you're going to think, okay, what would this person be happy with? What else do you think? You think, what would this person want? You know, what would this person want? And then you go and, and, and look at that. Also, you, sometimes you buy a gift that tries to outdo someone else's gift. Oh, you gave, oh, you got a $20 gift card, hey? I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a $25 gift card. Who loves you more there, baby? You know, like this comparison idea, right, when we give. And finally, when we give, we, we need to give a gift that is real. Man, I remember I used to give my, my parents these uh, amazing gifts called love. <laughs> Where's my Christmas gifts? I, my love is your gift, you know? Can't even get a refund for that. You know, like, it has to be a real gift, like a physical gift, or it could be an online gift, like a Bitcoin. I don't know what a Bitcoin is. I'm still trying to work out what a Bitcoin is, but it, supposedly it's real. But feel free to give me a Bitcoin. I'll take a Bitcoin. I'll take three of them. Aren't they like $2,000 each or something? More? Six, 26000 each? One Bitcoin? Okay, I'll just take two. I don't need three. I don't need three. Just two. But it's, you're looking for a gift that you can get your hands on. But do you know why the gift of Jesus Christ from God to humanity is the greatest gift? Is a gift greater than any other gift in this world? Because, number one, it's a gift where the benefits outlast our lifetime. Yes, your new surfboard. Oh, sorry, that's me. I got a new surfboard. Happy Merry Christmas, Steve. You know, yes, your new mobile phone might be good for this lifetime, but it will not last. Your new pair of shoes, it will not last. Your new car, it will not last. But when God gave himself to us through his son Jesus, it was a gift that was go on and on for all eternity. It's a gift, not just what we want, but what we really need. This is why the gift of Jesus is greater than any other gift that we know. Romans 5.12 reads, Is there, just as sin entered the world through one man and, the, and death through sin, and this way death came to all people because all sinned. See, that's our need. 
Romans 5.15, a few verses later, but the gift, but the gift, but the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Can I tell you, and I'm going to come back to this, but our deepest need is not safety, health, security, material possessions. Our biggest need comes from our broken relationship with God the Creator. You might think right now that your biggest need is a house, car, new shoes, new bag, health, family, reconciliation. You might think that, but at the bottom of it all, your greatest need is not a physical need. It's a, it's a, it's a spiritual need. It comes from God and God himself. The gift of Jesus is a greater gift than anything else because you can't find it on this earth. It's not available on this earth. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. But it's freely given to you. That's why when it's, it says in Ephesians, it is by grace. It is by grace. I mean, you didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. You've done nothing good to have it. And yet God gives it to you freely. Gift. And Jesus is greater than any other gift because the value of this gift is immeasurable. How can you, how can you measure the value of your eternity? See, this is where I want to land tonight. In, in Matthew's gospel, when the angel appears to Mary and tells her that she's going to give birth to a son, we read this in uh, Matthew 1, 22 to 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. You want to know why Jesus is the greatest gift to all humanity? You want to know why we as Christians celebrate the exchange of gifts differently? Because the gift that we received was God himself. The birth of Jesus was the start of the journey where, where Jesus would live 33 years and end up dying on the cross, resurrecting from, from the dead to defeat death. Why? So that we could have access back to the Father, that our hearts could be reconciled back with God the Creator. And it was all kicked off. The whole thing started from God's gift to us through the birth of baby Jesus. Let me ask you, name one gift. Name one gift that is better than God himself. It's not God with us just during times of blessing and joy. And it's so easy to recognize when God is with us, when everything is going great. But it's God with us, especially during the times where, where we feel like we're alone. When we're traveling through the valley of the shadow of death. It's God with us when we're struggling in our lives to find meaning and purpose. It's God with us when we're struggling in our health. It's God with us when we're lonely and neglected. It's God with us when we're abused. It's not God with us when it's convenient. It's God with us all the time. This is the gift from God himself. 
Be honest. What do you want for Christmas this year? If I was to give you a piece of paper and say, hey, what do you want for Christmas this year? Maybe for some of you, it's a new job. Or to go back to the job that you once worked at instead of continually just being on annual leave. You know, maybe for you, it's reconciliation in relationship. Maybe you are very simple and you just want new shoes. You know, but if I was to ask you, and, and it'd be an interesting exercise, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? And then I would say to you, well, what is worth more? A $50 JB Hi-Fi gift card or the peace of God? Or what would be greater in value? The, the presence of God in times of loneliness and darkness or the latest iPhone X? Someone just um, did X to me. So I'm just hoping that they're saying X to the phone and not the phone that they want. But I'll tell your husband that that's what you want for, for Christmas, Jen. Okay. What would you prefer? Season tickets to the Manly Sea Eagles. I just don't think that that's from God anyway. That's like the opposite to what God would want. He gave us salvation from hell. And to be a manly supporter is to go to hell. Jokes. The fortress. The fortress. If you put what you want in context to what God offers, is there really, is there really a choice to be made? You know, you ask the kids, right? What do you want for Christmas? Kids are geniuses when they come to this time. They don't say, I want this. Kids go, I need this. I need the latest toy. I need this bicycle. I need, you know, lollies. You know? They, they think that they, they, they know what they need. And as parents, we, we listen to that and we, we laugh because it's cute. It's funny. You know, you go, ha-ha, that's not what you really think you need. But eh, that's fine if that's what you think. And yet, yet, I think that we do that with God. We go to God and go, God, I think I need this. I think I need a new house. I think I need air conditioning. You know, I think I need, <laughs> I think, I think I need a new car. I think I need a... I was going to say, I think I need a new wife. Just a wife. Okay, not a new wife, a wife. You know, but, but I think God would be like, well, <laughs> that's what you think that you need. But let me give to you what you really need. See, as much as we might go, oh, yes. The presence of God is so much greater than anything that we can find on earth. Funny enough, we get so much more excited about presence on earth than the presence of God. Isn't that true? When we come to Christmas time, honestly, what are we more excited about? What are we more excited about? We're excited about whatever's under that tree. We're excited about that email that's got that voucher from that store that we like. 
we're excited about what we're going to give and receive in terms of material possessions. And let me ask you, are you excited about the fact that Jesus Christ was given to you by God the Father? And I'm not saying you have to wake up every morning and go, yes, Jesus, yes, I've got Jesus. But you know what? The, the, the comparison is amazing. We would spend so little time thinking about how God has given to us Jesus and everything that comes with Jesus. Eternal life, forgiveness of sins, reconciliation with our relationship with God. We would spend a little bit of time investing and thinking about those things, and yet we could easily go to Parramatta, 36-hour, around-the-clock sale all night long. And which one would you be more excited about? Be honest. Right? What's that showing us? What's that showing the world? Because you know what? People outside the church get excited for the 36-hour sale. And if I'm not saying don't get excited, but if there's no difference in what you get excited about and the person down the street gets excited about and you're, you're saying that you're, you're a Christian and you, this is Jesus' birthday party, and everyone else doesn't even know whose birthday party is, and they're just celebrating. But you're no different. Well, is there a difference inside of you? Is there a difference inside of you? And this is what I want to really ask tonight. Christmas is our holy day. Christmas is where we celebrate the birth of not just Jesus, a historical figure, but we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. Everyone in the world is celebrating Christmas. They don't even know whose birthday it is. They've turned up to someone's birthday party like, wow, this is a great birthday party. Hey, I brought a present. Hey, let's have some food and drinks. But whose birthday party is this? You know how weird that is? Have you ever been to a birthday party? You didn't know who the birthday party birthday person was? And you're just like, you know, sort of enjoying yourself. And then later, you know, you meet the birthday person. That's awkward. Hey, how are Why are you here? Oh, it's uh, my birthday. You know? That's what the world is doing as they celebrate Christmas. But the question is not what, what, about what they're doing. Let them do what they're doing. What are you doing? What are you doing as you approach Christmas and celebrate the birth of Jesus? Is it exactly the same as everyone else? Because if it's exactly the same, then I've got to ask you, why? Shouldn't there be a difference? And the answer is there should. There should be a difference. When we lose focus of what the greatest gift is and why we even have this tradition of exchanging gifts, then we become no different from the world. We celebrate just as the pagans do. But friends, as believers of Jesus Christ as Lord and, and Savior of our lives, we have the greatest gift in our very hands, God with us. God with us. The person and presence of God through His Son, Jesus. Not only that, we have the blood and the resurrection of Jesus. We have the forgiveness of sins and life everlasting. There is none. There is never going to be a gift like that in all humanity. And we have it in our very hands. Friends, I'm not trying to be the Grinch. 
and saying, don't go do gifts for Christmas. I'm not saying that at all. If you have bought gifts, do it. Give generously. I would even say, go and go one more step. Give a gift to someone that you know will not give you a gift back. Maybe someone in need. Maybe someone you don't know very well. Maybe someone that doesn't even like you. You know, go beyond. Go beyond and be generous. You know why? Because God was generous. See, when we exchange gifts with each other, it's a representation of the generosity of our God to us. But do not forget that that is the reason why we celebrate Christmas. The reason why we celebrate Christmas is because God gave to us the greatest gift in His Son, Jesus Christ. Friends, we are called to be different because we're not just going to someone's birthday party that we don't know. The the birth of Jesus, He's our Lord and Savior. It's not just someone. And so I pray and I hope that this year that, yes, you would give and receive presents and that you would enjoy that, but you would remember, you would remember that the reason why we celebrate gifts is because God has given to us the greatest gift in His Son, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Let's pray.